We live in time where the, the best communication is, is actually through images. Uh, some say uh, history could be divided between these different ways of communication. There, there's an oral culture that Jesus grew up in where stories were passed along. Many of us grew up in a, a written culture, and now it, it's more of a picture image culture. In fact, there are some brands so well-known that all I've got to do is show you a picture, and you can tell me the company. Show the first picture. Apple, okay. What's the next one? All you need is the arches, and then show the third one. You know, if you notice when they remodeled Target over here, that now all they have is the Target and not the words, because now we know it so well, that's all we need to communicate. Now, I don't want you to necessarily respond to this next image, but this is a searing, horrific image that still brings back terrible things. Show this one. It's awful. And yet, let me show you a happier one. See if you can guess this one. Mickey Mouse. All, all you need was three little circles, and you know it was Mickey Mouse. And, and so we communicate through images. And so in this breakthrough series, what I'm trying to do is give you some images, some shapes that will help you, that you can remember. Uh, last week, we gave you the, the identity triangle, where you're identified as a son or daughter of God. That's a game changer. When you believe that God loves you and that God is proud of you, you just behave differently. I, I, I like how one brother said, here's the difference. I blew it. I'm scared to death what dad's going to do to me. I blew it. I must call dad. You see, that's a different image of God. I blew it. I want to get to dad. And so I hope in, in the future that in our church, that triangle just itself means something to you. So what I'm trying to do is to give us some images that we can communicate around, some, some common language. I know our ladies had an amazing weekend uh, called the If uh, Table. And, and groups will break out of that. This would be a great tool, the one I would give you, especially today. Many of you in discipleship groups. Many of you want to meet around with your family. So we identified the triangle last week. This week, we're going to go to a circle. But in order to go there, I need you to go to Mark chapter 1 with me. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, second book there, verse 14 and 15. After John had been put in prison... Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. You see, the kingdom of God is Jesus' word for breakthrough. What that means is that heaven is breaking through to earth, that the will of God is being present in our lives. Now, the key word, though, I want us to focus on is that word you see, time. And we need to study that word just for a moment. You see, the Greek language was so rich that they had different words for the word time. Now, let me give you three of them. Chronos, that's chronological time, okay? That's, that's what I'm keeping on my watch. That's what you look at on your phone. Uh, the next uh, Greek word is eon. That's a long period of time. That's what you're going to say when you get in the car. That sermon seemed like it lasted for eons, all right? And then the word we're looking at today, though, is the word kairos. And this is a very important word for us to gather. Let me give you some good definitions of kairos. One, it's a moment that presents an opportunity. 
It's just that moment. In Jesus' day, it was used for someone hunting with a bow. We would talk about deer hunting. And when the deer would pass between two trees, and you had that moment to shoot it, that was a Kairos moment. It would only last for a moment, and then it would pass. My friends, what I hate about my life often is I let too many of those moments pass me. How about you? I mean, you know, some of our regrets, if we're not careful, is we look back and go, man, I wish I had not been so busy. I'd, I would lived in each moment with my child. Sometimes we miss special moments. When um, we first moved to Pensacola, I, I really blew a, a great moment. Um, lady called me. She was big in the chamber of commerce. I didn't really know her. I didn't really know a lot. We were just there. And she said, buddy, I have arranged for you tomorrow to fly on a blue angel. They're going to take you up, and it's going to be something really special. To be honest with you, I didn't even know what a blue angel was. I thought, okay, cool, cool deal. And I had an appointment that day, and so I turned it down. That moment never came back. That woman never spoke to me again. I mean, it just it was just that moment that, that I had to have done something really, really cool, and I let pass by me. And guys, what we're going to teach today is... There are these God moments, much bigger than a blue angel moment, that you don't want to miss. So here's our second definition. It's a window for God to work in my life. This is the place where heaven collides with earth and God speaks to me. You see, here's the truth, guys. God is always speaking. It's like a radio station that stays on seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's always broadcasting. But for me to hear it, I've got to tune my radio to the right place. And that's what we're going to try to learn to do in these Kairos moments. So here's the tool to tune your knob, the learning circle, all right? Here's the learning circle. It's a Kairos moment. Now, let's just stop and look at this a moment. It's in your bulletin if it's hard for you to read up here. But you see, you've got that linear moment of all those lines and that arrow. That's chronos time. That's day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year. And that just sort of flies by. But that X spot there on the top, that's that window. That's that kairos moment where God's trying to say something to you. Now, most of our problem is we fly past that moment. And that's what this learning circle is about. Before you fly past it, stop. Observe what what, what just happened. Reflect on it. Meet with some people and discuss it. Now, there's two sides to the circle I want you to write down. The first side I've just gone over is the hearing side. The second is the doing, okay? So you've got hearing and you've got doing. So the first side of the circle is I just want to hear what is God saying And normally to make sure that I'm hearing accurately, I need some other people to be brought into that. But then the second side is I come up with a plan to respond to that. I have some people that ask me about it that I'm accountable to, and then I go and act. And guys, that's how we're going to not miss those moments, and God is going to be able to teach us. Now, I want to give you an example in Scripture of this. A great passage you may be familiar with, Matthew chapter 6. If you're not familiar with this, is the greatest passage in the Bible about overcoming worry. 
And I want you to notice that Jesus follows the Cairo circle. He first of all observes some things. Actually, he observes some things in nature. Some of your greatest Kairos moments can be out in nature when God speaks to you. One of the Psalms says, the nature is always speaking to you. It always sounds forth. And Jesus notices some things that actually he's in connect with overcoming an action and replacing it. Go, go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. If I ask today for us to raise our hands if we deal with worry, that's a big-time subject. And Jesus addresses it. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothes? And here he goes. Observe this. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And here's the reflection part. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Here's the discussion. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then he gives another illustration. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? It does nothing good. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Here's the bottom line. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown to the fire, will he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? So that's that's hearing. Jesus says, man, just, just, just have a moment in nature where you go, wow, look at those beautiful flowers. Look at that beautiful field. They're not all anxious and uptight, yet God takes care of them. Am I not more important Am I not a son and daughter of God? And then we go to the other side of the circle. Here's, here's the doing. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Here's the answer. Instead of filling your life with worry, you're going to fill your mind and life with something. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. So Jesus took a moment to reflect, to observe, to walk around the learning circle and to say, okay, stop worrying. Here's the plan of action. Stop worrying, but you can't just stop worrying. You've got to fill it with seeking the kingdom of God. So let's talk about this a little bit. I want you to be able to stop and enter the learning circle. And so I want to get real practical here. And we're going to use this word stop to do it. Here's a great psalm, a friend, a great passage from Job a friend sent me this week. I thought this is exactly what I want to say. It's out of Job. It's actually one of the few times one of his friends says something really wise about God. And what he says is, Psalm, uh, Job 37.30, 37.7, excuse me, is when the storms of life come, Here's the quotation. Storms of life come so men may stop their work and see my mighty hand. That's one of the biggest Kairos moments we normally have is through storms of life. We all know that normally God teaches us more on the rough days than on the good days. And and, and Job is told, you know what? what? What God wants to do is to stop you so that you take enough time to see God's mighty hand. So, 
Let's talk about what happens when we enter the learning circle and how we do it. First of all, the S is for slow down. It's got to slow down. We know one of our biggest problems spiritually is that we do fly through life. And so I miss that Kairos moment. Now, we've not taken this test in a while, so let's do it again. John Ortberg says, here's a good test to see if you have what he calls hurry sickness, okay? So let me ask you some questions. If you are riding to church this morning, you're on a four-lane highway, there's two lanes on each side, you get to a red light, it's red, and you pull up the red light, and you're pulling up to it, and there's two cars, one in each lane. Orberg says, if you try to figure out the year, make, model, and condition of each car before you pick your lane, you got hurry sickness. Anybody guilty? Man, I'm, I'm always looking at those cars. Okay, here's, here's a better test. He says, you go to the grocery store. You go back and you get all of your items, all right? You bring them to the checkout lines. But before you pick your checkout line, he says, you have hurry sickness if you count the number of people in each aisle. Raise your hand if you're guilty. Of course, all right. He says you have it even worse if you count the number of people in each line and also count the number of items in each basket. Raise your hand. Guilty. He says you're even sicker if not only you count the number of people in each aisle and the number of items in each basket, but once you've chosen your place, you keep up with where you would have been if you got in another line. All right? Yes. So, guys, this is our problem is that we are just flying through life. We all know we're in too big a hurry. Listen, it is hard to carry on any relationship in a hurry. Certainly your relationship with God. You've got to slow down. Again, God's speaking, but my life is so busy, there's so much noise, I don't hear it. So the first thing is slow down. Now, I would confess to you, I'm not that good about it. Sometimes we're, we're talking about something that happened in the past in our life, and my wife is so good. She can, she can tell the story. She remembers the temperature in the room, the color of the carpet, you know. what? I mean, just she, she goes on all these details, and I'm always sitting there thinking, was I there? <laughs> I, I don't think I was there in that moment. I think, women, you're much better at that. So you got to slow down because what you don't want is to miss that moment. In fact, let's think about today. If we're not careful, we all know we ought to go to church. That's a good thing to do. And so we run in here and run out of here, and we check the box, and we go, been to church. And and you can just check off all the different things that we do. But can I ask you this? Did you walk in those doors back there expecting God to speak to you? Did you walk in here with your antenna up, ready for a Kairos moment that might happen in worship, around the table, or even in the message? You see, you can check it off and fly through it, or you could actually be here to hear the voice of God. So you got to slow down. Now, the next point is you got to take notice, okay? And, and there's all kinds of things that can prompt Kairos moments. I want to give you six of them. They all start with a C. So we know they're scriptural, okay? So look at this, okay? Let me, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you the, the word and then I'm going to give you an example from my own life, okay? And you'll have your own examples. Challenge. Often God speaks to us in there, that moment when I'm in the middle of something that's challenging me. 
Like if there's something said today in this message that challenges you, that may be the right thing. Now, let me tell you how something has challenged me, and I actually think God's changed me in this. Over the last few years, it just seems like we've had more funerals in this church than ever, and just some really great people passing away. And when I do a funeral, I try to meet with the family. I try to find out everything I can for them. And obviously, you hear stories that you don't know just seeing them at church. And so by the time I get up and, and, and deliver the eulogy, man, I, I just I've got all these stories and all these good things they've done. And, all, and I probably didn't know a tenth of them before that moment. And that's been a Kairos moment for me. And it's made me commit myself to celebrating the wonderful people I'm around while they're still living before they die. Because I look around this church and I am with some awesome people. You are too. But if I'm not careful, I'm going to wait to that moment to celebrate it. The next word is the word conflict. Often the middle conflict in your marriage, in your family, even in a church, God's speaking. I remember a conflict moment with Stephanie and I years ago where she was not pleased with, with my work habits. And so I walked in the house one night. She said, you need to sit down on the couch. We need to talk. That's not a good sign. And so she said, but I just got to say one thing to you. You are having an affair. And I was just offended. I'm like, no way. You're crazy. I'm like, I mean, come on. I mean, I just, I just defended myself, you know. And finally, she let me go on for a few minutes. And she said, oh, you're wrong. You are. You're having an affair with your job. That's a pretty smart way to get your attention, wasn't it? <laughs> that was a Kairos slap your face kind of moment, all right? And it was true. I love my job too much. And I could spend, you know, I can justify because it it's the work of God. That's a Kairos moment. And it's similar to the next one, a crisis in my life. One of the biggest crises, nobody else would understand this but me, is when we moved from Tuscaloosa to Pensacola and I wasn't a campus ministry anymore. I love campus ministry. And all of a sudden, I'm this preacher of this awesome church, and I love Sundays, but I call Stephanie on Monday and Tuesday and say, I'm bored stiff. I just want to be out on campus with college students. And, and I, I went through a year or two just of really struggling from day to day, and, and God gave me that Kairos moment that, buddy, your identity cannot come from your job. Your identity must come from me. And you've had that moment, especially you men, where your identities come completely from your job. And you've got to wake up and go, you know what? That can come and go. That could change overnight. That's not a sign. I need to go back to that triangle and have my identity in being a son or daughter of God. And then how about confusion? I, I see a lot of this. I, I feel a lot of this. We live in a day in America where all the things we assumed were true are being questioned. In fact, what we're really being subtly told, and sometimes not so subtly, is that there's no such thing as truth about any issue. It's all relative. You believe your truth, I believe my truth, you can have your truth. And I don't know, guys, but it's, it's confusing to me at times. Because you think, you know, because what they're going to say is, you're going to be left behind in history. You know, you're, you're, you're not looking at what's going on now. You're, but you know what's happening in my life is that's become a Kairos moment to go, you know what, this is crazy. I actually believe the Bible. I think it's the inspired word of God. And it's the only solid thing I can trust. Who am I to question things that God has said for thousands of years and all of a sudden now we know better? You're kidding me. 
So what it's done for me is just made me, man, love God's word and go, you know what? That's the standard for my life, for my family's life, for the church. And then, let me give you another one. How about clarity? It's that moment where, where you're riding down the road and the spirit internally speaks to you. And the spirit says, you need to do this. You need to call this person. For me, a lot of times, my best ideas about what I'm going to preach on Sunday come just in the middle of just thinking and praying. And just That's what you need to say. But, but here's, here's one for me from 30 years ago. I will never forget the day that I first noticed what 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 said. Listen to this. Paul writes this. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and raised on the third day. You say, what was the big deal about that? I grew up in a tradition that says everything was important. Every theological and doctrinal issue was worth splitting churches over and splitting fellowship over. Everything was a big deal. And all of a sudden I'm writing, reading the inspired word of God and the apostle Paul says, you know, there are some big deals. Don't forget about those. They center around the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. These are some things of first importance. But what hit me that if there are things of first importance, there must also be what? Things of what? Secondary importance. That was a game changer in my theology. And so you, there's going to be those moments where Scripture speaks to you so plainly that God's going to reveal something to you. And then one more, these aren't all negative, is celebration. I, I think most every parent in here would agree with me on this. The birth of your child was a game-changing moment. I, I, can, I, I can remember the carpet color and the atmosphere in the room, the first devotional I gave to a bunch of college students after Laura was born. And I understood better than I ever understood what the love of God was like and how God loves us. Because all of those different ways and others can be kairos moments in your life if you will slow down and take notice. And here's what it's going to help you do. Let's, continue, let's finish this word stop. It's going to help you overcome strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a fortified place of Satan. It's a place, it's, it's, it's a rut, it's a, a, a sinful place that you're, you're stuck in and you make the same mistakes over and over again. Yes, here's what I'm convinced of. We make those same mistakes over and over again because we fly through Kairos moments. We fly through a moment where God's trying to get my attention. C.S. Lewis says that, that God whispers to us in our pleasure and he shouts to us in our pain. It's God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And so I've got this moment of pain, this moment of loneliness, and I fly through it. I've got this moment of failure. Maybe your issue is anger. Maybe your issue is pornography. Maybe your issue is some kind of addiction. And, and so you, you, you blow it and you feel bad about it, but you don't stop long enough to, to look at it. You don't stop to reflect. You don't stop to ask, God, what are you saying and what do I need to do to come up with a game plan? You just think, I'm going to get past the anger. I'm going to get past the pornography. You pray about it, and then before long, you're right back. And you're right back in the addiction because you didn't do the hard work of stopping there and having that kairos moment. And I'm, I'm sure there are people here today that Satan's got some strongholds in your life. And I'm telling you, they're going to be there until you do the hard work, and more than likely, it's going to have to happen with some other people for you to be successful. 
And then here's what it's going to lead to. Here's the good news today, guys. If I will slow down, if I will take notice, if God allows me to overcome strongholds, I can have perpetual breakthrough. You see, here's what God wants. God wants you to spend the rest of your life learning and growing. I love one thing we say in this church quite often. Everyone has a next step. You do. I don't care if you're the youngest Christian in here that was baptized last Sunday or you've been a Christian for decades. You've all got a next step. And here's the really good news of this message. God will reveal that next step to you if you'll slow down and take notice. You'll know what you need to do. So look back at the learning circle with me one more time. And I'm asking you today, are you willing to stop and enter the learning circle? This would be a great life-proof discussion. Are you willing to stop and go, here's what God's saying to me. Help me come up with a plan. And guys, here's our goal as a church. This is not just like, hopefully a temporary little message series here. Our our goal is this, is that that triangle last week, this circle this week, that becomes a part of our language as a church. Just to to say, have you been to the circle means as much as it is identifiable as the golden arches. That what's missing for too many of us in our busy, hectic, noisy lifestyles is these kairos moments. So maybe even as I've been preaching today, God's been bringing something to your mind. Maybe there's some place you, you, you there's, there's, a, there's a bump in the road that you just keep flying by. And, and, and today could be that day where you mark that as a Kairos moment and say, I want to I learn whatever God's trying to teach me. Last Sunday was a really a great Kairos moment for me. When I told you guys I was struggling with depression, And I will never for the rest of my life remember Bobby Reeves standing up and getting that mic and praying for me. (laughs) That was, it's changed my week. And and today, maybe you need that moment. There's something going on in your life and and, and you, you try to block it out of your mind. You see, when you get to that Kairos moment, here's your choice. You can either ignore it or you can go to the learning circle. You can either ignore what God's trying to say to you or just go back your way and and. Just possibly there are people here, and that's the way your life is, and you need to stop. And maybe today, you're like me. You just need some prayers. I mean, you know it. Some of you say to me, man, last Sunday, buddy, I should have been up here, man. I mean, last, I mean God, God's been speaking to me through you or through this event or through this celebration, and I need prayers, but you, you just fly through it. Because here, here's the way we like to look at life, Okay. Look at this next slide. You got heaven, you got salvation, and you got heaven. And what but I wanted to believe is that there's just a straight chronos line from salvation to heaven, but we all know that's not the way it is. In fact, if, if, if I could draw this up here, more than likely, here's what's going to happen. You know, you, you have those incredible moments. You're down, you're up, you're down, a little bit of jagged here, way up, way down. And that, and that that's more life, right? But here's the way I'd like you to look at this after this message. This is the way I think God would like your life to to be because God knows you're not going to be perfect. Jeremy, can you help me just a second? I think God would want your life to be like a a slinky. And and, and what happens is you go through life, but it's just a constant learning and speaking. 
God knows you're not going to be perfect. You know that. You're not going to be perfect. You see Jesus face to face. But between now and then, he's speaking to you. Are you listening? And if you are, you enter this learning circle in, in your life, slowly but surely, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you start becoming like Jesus. And then one day you'll see him face to face and be just like him. And so today, if, if today in some way has been a Kairos moment, a time where heaven has broke through to your life, and you need to let this church know about it, if you're ready to follow Jesus, if you need prayers, then why don't you come right now while we stand and sing?